And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and for a second week I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Ali and Grey. How are you doing, lads? Very good, how are you? Not too bad, thank yeah, you. Good, good, I'm good, thank you very much. We're recording on Monday evening, so how are your weekends? Very sports fueled, obviously with the Newcastle United match and the rugby on Saturday, and wow. then had a bit of AFCON yesterday, but... I couldn't go for the full four with the Super Bowl. I checked out nice and early. I'm not watching that show from 2am in the morning. That's, that is like an hour, four hours of just adverts, man. It's like, shit. It is crackers. Do you know the, the halftime star? So Usher isn't actually paid anything to perform at Super Bowl. It's just a, like an opportunity for them to promote something. So I think he was promoting his latest album. Found that crazy that they don't get paid yeah, it's, to it's do mad. that. Couldn't believe it when I found out, given the production that goes into it. I know, and they also they call it the biggest show on earth, don't they? But it gets like a hundred million viewers, but the World Cup gets two billion. So, <laughs> what's the real football? I wonder. I'm sure I saw a stat the other day where there was like an EFL Championship playoff between like Bolton and I think it could have been Sunderland and it Wembley that got highs of eighty five thousand in attendance. And then I think last year's Super Bowl, I don't know where it was held, but that was like eighty thousand. Oh, really? And you just can't compare that. That's just ridiculous. That is crazy because some of their, yeah, some of their stadiums are massive. Some of their stadiums are, are like a hundred thousand plus. Oh, I. Right. What's so, well, their college stadiums? Are their college stadiums? Well, yeah, yeah. Aren't they? Speaking of Sunderland, is it Sunderland till I die? The third season drops on Netflix tomorrow, so. Hopefully we get to see a few more Mackhams crying their fucking eyes out, the little spanners. Oh, that'll be fun. Gray, how's your weekend? Anything exciting? Yeah, it's Steph's birthday, so I had to uh, celebrate that. Of course. Happy belated birthday to to Steph Gray. Very strange thing to say these days. What did you do? Did you spoil our rotten? Yes, you would say so, but we uh, we went for Sunday (laughs) lunch at the Feathers. And if you have it around Northumberland, I'd highly recommend it. Football podcast and dropping food recommendations. I'm just waiting for someone to ask me what I did this weekend. How were they, Will? What did you do this weekend? <laughs> Thanks for asking, Ali. Uh, I was in Paris this weekend, actually. Culture. I'm joking. How was it? Was it good? Very close to Valentine's Day, but very importantly, not Valentine's Day. Let's just make that clear. It was very nice. Obviously, those that have probably listened to the last few episodes know that I'm learning French at the minute, so 
good opportunity to practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ate lots, drank lots. Very nice time, yeah. Had some free Eurostar tickets, so thought it'd be good to use them for a little trip to Paris, of course. What was like your favourite phrase whilst you were there? Was like, was there a go-to that you were like, just you know, really enjoy saying this to like, the waiters or you know anything like that? It's a bit like you, Ali. What's uh, Posso Verde? Oh yeah. When we go to Italy, you say Pouvons nous avoir? Can, please, can we have? Or sorry, not even please. It's like, can we have? Pouvons nous avoir? Ooh. Can we have? Insert alcoholic drink or massive dish of food here. Uh, yeah. Can you just say that one more time? Bien sûr. Pouvons nous avoir? Oh, just became pregnant. That was, that was the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mon dieu. You're making me blush, man. <laughs> anyway, yes, having impregnated Ali, I think we can probably crack on with the football chats. Yeah, so despite being in Paris, I still managed to watch the match, given my uh, absolute commitment to the fucking football club. And thankfully I did, because despite it being another emotional roller coaster, we managed an impressive away win at Nottingham Forest, I think, which takes our unbeaten run in the league to three games, and in all competitions to four games, if you include the win away at Fulham in the Cup. And someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's actually our fourth consecutive away win in the Premier League. Am I right? I'm not sure if it's the Premier League, but I think it's four consecutive away wins across all competitions. Okay. Anyway, we're not doing too badly, are we? That uh, that away win against Forest takes us up to seventh in the league, which is sitting pretty. Still a bit of a gulf between us and the European spots, but hopefully we can kick on now and continue our unbeaten run. But boy, oh boy, was it a nerve-wracking match. It always tends to be at the Forest ground, doesn't it, Gray? Yeah, they seem to enjoy playing at home. And again, just bringing the energy. They obviously got quite a good manager in now, very organised and just look, a threat on the attack again, got some some serious pace up there, got Gibbs White, who I think a few of us are quite a big fan of his, the way he's playing at the minute. And I mean, Alanga just is a bundle of energy, isn't he? So certainly ones to watch. And I think they caused us plenty of issues throughout the match. Yeah, quite enjoy watching Forrest mm. not play against us though. Weird guy, you always a big fan of the other teams. Eh, weird. They can go and fuck themselves for all I care because it seemed that the game plan was as it is for many Premier League teams with pacey right wingers just absolutely batter the shit out of big Daniel Byrne, who again, lots of people, as soon as he's beaten for pace by Alanga, there's, you've got everyone out there saying, see, see, fucking Dan Byrne, his fault again. And I'll say again, it's not his fault he's getting picked. And how came out afterwards and was talking about all the stuff, the positives that he brings to the squad. So he's obviously a clear leader in that squad. He's very experienced. He's a massive presence. And yes, he lacks a bit of pace, but didn't really have much help on that left-hand side initially. Not his fault, but but yes, it's definitely a chink in the armour that Forrest were looking to exploit again, having exploited it so much at St. James's Park. But we got off to a, a really strong start, didn't we, Ali? It was a cracker of a goal from Bruno and some mad dog Jason Tyndall set piecework paying dividend. Yeah, it was. Again, it's that man at the right back position, Kieran Trippier, with a really, really good ball. And I think the fact that he was under pressure really helped him put the pace on that cross to the back post where Bruno and all his beautiful Brazilian sexiness guided that ball beautifully <laughs> past cells. I thought it was a great take. I couldn't believe that he caught so sweetly. I wouldn't have Bruno in that position to score that goal normally. Kind of want to have you like your Callum Wilson or something like that. But yeah, 
uh, a great take and um, yeah, another assist for Kieran Trippier. I think he now sits at 10 assists, leading joint top in the Premier League uh, at this point in the season, which is fantastic for a right back. So uh, I'm so pleased we managed to keep a hold of him from Bayern Munich and the transfer window because, uh, again, proving his worth in the build-up to that first goal. 100%. He's joint top across the top four leagues in Europe. Really? Wow. Interestingly for you. That is interesting. If seeing as we're throwing stats out there, I think he's the first player since Laurent Robert to register double-digit assists in consecutive seasons. Wow. I feel like this season he's gone a bit more under the radar, given there's been some defensive frailties and some errors they've taken away, but he's just been slowly slogging away. And to have a player that's delivering 10 assists right back for the second season running at least is fantastic. But yeah, Miggy nearly fucked him though, nearly sold him totally short. But yeah, you're right, Ali. Puts yeah. that puts that ball on a plate for Bruno, who hits it with the outside of his foot. Cracking finish. But I also saw on Twitter today... You can tell I've got lots of free time on my hands at the minute. Do you remember not long ago, we had the exact same set piece, the exact same players. Someone drops it back to Trippier. Trippier drops it to the back post. But that last time, I think it might have been against Palace. I can't remember. But Bruno heads it in. It was against Leicester City. Was it Leicester? Is that who it It was? It was Leicester City, yeah. I knew exactly where you'd go with that. But yeah, it was Leicester. I remember. Carbon copy though, isn't it? it? Just the, The finish is different. It was with his head. It's just... You can see they're keeping it up their sleeve for when needed, but fantastic. Just the only difference is Bruno had bleach blonde hair back then. I miss those Yay. days. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't got his pal Joe Linton. To... I know, I know. The two blonde boys, the two blonde Brazilian boys miss those days. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it was a fantastic goal and great work from everyone else in the box. Miley blocking off, creating that space for Bruno to just sneak in. Fantastic. And I thought, right, great. Let's kick on from this position. But as has been the case many times, this season, the leaky bucket that is our defence. How we've gone from the best fucking defence in the league. I know we've had injuries and yada, 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 but just terrible. Uh, uh, the writing was on the wall, wasn't it, Gray? I mean, ball through the middle from Gibbs White, who you pointed out as being a strong performer. And it's pace, pace that gets Botman and, and Byrne, and we pay the price. A lot of people say that Dan Byrne is very slow, but actually all four of our defenders really struggle for pace and I think that was very evident with that ball between Byrne and Botman on Saturday and just don't have the legs to keep up with some of the wingers and like you saw Luton there just run ragged Forest again was there a slight opportunity for Byrne to commit a foul I would possibly say yes he could have possibly stretched out a leg and just tripped him up take the yellow card and get to you know one at half time but yeah, so I think the goal possibly was preventable, but got to give some credit to Forrest for exploiting our weaknesses. And it was a calm finish, but also what was Dubravka doing? I think Dubravka's got a lot to answer for, charging out his area mm. and not trying to stand up. I think that was very poor goalkeeping as well. Yeah, I think it's a good point. And brings me on to my next point, actually. I saw a stat on Twitter. That's going to be like my fucking catchphrase. <laughs> um, I saw something on Twitter today. It was from NUFC360, and it was a a comparison of before Pope's injury and after Pope's injury afterwards, Dubravka playing. Pope played 14 games before getting injured. We conceded 14 goals, which was the lowest number of goals conceded in the league. And he faced 163 shots, which was the fourth best in the league. After Pope's injury, so since having Dubravka between the sticks, he's played nine games. We've conceded 23 goals, which is the most in the league. 
and he's faced 165 shots, which again is the most in the league. I personally think he's put in some good individual performances to Bravka. He's a good shot stopper. He's very athletic and acrobatic. He's like a little cat. But clearly there's something not working there in that back five in that unit. I don't know if you have any ideas, Ali. It's a bit of a bit of a hospital pass, but it's quite stark to see the difference going from least goals conceded in the league to the most goals conceded in the space of what, ten games? Yeah, exactly. And that kind of all stems from the goalkeeper's position, you know, trying to be commanding within his position, which we normally see Pope is very good at. But I guess they are kind of two different types of keepers, aren't they? You know, with Pope being a bit more of a shot stopper, but not so necessarily good with his distribution at his feet sometimes, as we've seen. Although I'm saying this, it feels a bit harsh under Bravka because he has been a very loyal servant to the club and he has come in to the fold, you know, when required. It hasn't really kicked up too much of a fuss and he is still an international at the end of the day. So to have him as a number two has been really helpful. But yeah, when you look at those stats kind of before Pope's injury, as you say, you know, 14 games and we've only conceded 14 goals and the shots faced are, you know, 163. And when you look at after his injury, five games left, but, you know, still equaling more or less the same shots faced and um, it's 165 and then 23 goals conceded. So... Yeah, I, I think it just doesn't work as well having Dubravka between the posts. But look, we're still at the top half of the table, so uh, can't complain too much. And we've uh, yeah, obviously come away again with the three points. I just think it's crackers that we've gone... It's two polar opposites this season and last season. Yeah. And admittedly, I think Forrest were very lucky with their second goal. Obviously takes a massive deflection off Miley, I think. Callum Hunter-Nodoy's yeah. shot yeah. bounces off Miley and it completely wrong-foots Dubs. So there are the occasions where it's kind of not preventable, but how many goals have we been conceding lately? Obviously shipped four against Luton at home, two against Forest, we shipped three against Everton not so long ago, three against City, which obviously is a bit of a different kettle of fish, but yeah, we really, really need to tighten that up and I'm not sure how we do that to be honest. Well, I do, I do know actually, it should be a number six. And Gray, I don't know if you noticed, but it seemed that Howard made a few tactical changes going into the game, allowing Bruno to play a little bit further up the pitch, almost as if he was a, an 8 or a 10. I think with Miley dropping back into a more defensive position, so it was almost like Bruno and Longstaff as the 8s, and then Miley as a 6, which I thought worked quite well. What did you think? Yeah, I'm always a fan of Bruno playing that little bit higher up the pitch, because I think... I just, I'm thinking over there, maybe it was Longstaff and Miley playing a bit deeper and Bruno as the one at by himself. I don't really know, but what do you think? Yeah, that's how he ended against Lucid, I think, with Bruno pushing that a little bit higher and playing like with two sixes. But I think Bruno said it in his interview as well. He felt a bit restrained playing in that six role. And I think a huge part of his game is he will give us goals from midfield. And I think that was shown just playing 10, 15 yards further forward. And I think I've certainly said it, I think, ended towards the end of last season, I just I think it's his best position is that a little bit higher up the pitch and having someone covering in behind him because he's got the creativity, he's got he's got the magic to unlock defences. And I mean, he is almost very similar to Miggy in the fact he only uses his right foot, but he is exceptionally good <laughs> with that right foot, whether it's the inside or outside of his foot. But no, I think um I certainly enjoy him playing that little bit higher and I think it just brings a bit more creativity and we look a bit more of a threat going forwards, which I think was needed given some of the injuries and things we have at the minute. 
Indeed, indeed. Obviously, we talked about the two Forest goals, which were very frustrating, but Fabian Scher made it 2-1. A ball pumped up from Trippier. I think it's headed back across the box by Botman, and his centre-half partner finishes very nicely, I think. I think it might be in you, Gray, calling for Cher to be played up front, given our, our striker injury crisis at the minute. Can't stop scoring at the minute. I think that's three in three games at the minute. Yeah, three in three. Unbelievable. Rolls-Royce. I know we hate saying it, but Rolls-Royce defender. He has to be up there with one of the best value signings I think we've ever made. Yeah. I absolutely love the bloke. Possibly of all time. What, do you mean all clubs or Newcastle United alone? Well, I think for our club, like he's got to be probably greatest value of all time. <laughs> but I think possibly even for the I was Premier basing League, you there. Even for oh, the he's Premier done League, it. He's you, done it. You, I didn't even need to bait you. You did it. He's got to be close. I mean, come on. What is it? Three million? Not even that? Think of some of the free transfers though. That's, it's, a, it's a rabbit hole we're getting into. But yes, um, a great finish from him. Slotted it away very nicely. And then as we've said, uh, Gray, you touched on it before, but Bruno comes up with the goods being in that more advanced position. Intercepts a ball very nicely at the edge of the box drives it forward and then with a right curving shot puts it beyond Matt Sells which I didn't think I'd be saying in 2024 <laughs> scoring past Matt Sells very very strange but there you go and we ended up taking all the points which I felt was deserved on the balance but yeah quite a lot to talk about in that game given the what seemed like quite a small tweak tactically but paid dividend and it really bared fruit but yes, also some defensive flaws that we've kind of been noticing over the last few games that, again, were a bit of a thorn in the side. But we did see how dropped to, a, a, I think, a five at the back in the dying embers of the game, bringing Emil Kraft on in order to see the win over the line, which he did effectively. We did see Tino make an appearance in the 80th minute, which is probably about 80 minutes too late. But there you go. Uh, did anyone else have any points wanted to pick up on the, the forest result? No other than I think the, the support sounded amazing once again. It sounds yeah. as if previously in the last few games there's been some issues with ballots, etc. And people have come away from away games saying that the people in the away ends hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been as good. You know, atmosphere's been a bit flat, but it sounds like this game, it was really, really good. It sounds like they were singing no end. And I think they were still there after 30 minutes from the, from the full-time whistle, still there. Singing that new Sanjo Tonali mm. song, which yeah, uh, yeah I, I feel like that. without being in the throes of it, I don't really know it too well, but it sounds patchy as fuck, so. <laughs> they all are these days, aren't they? I thought, uh, I mean, Bruno was obviously doing his level best to pump up the crowd, like kissing their badge, like slamming the, the badge on his chest. I'd love to see that. He just seems like a top bloke, Bruno. Gray, did you have a, a point before, before we move on? Yeah, just an, another game where Bruno hasn't picked up his uh, 10th yellow card. So managed to escape that inevitable two-match ban, which is on the horizon. Well, it sounds like he was very much aware of that as well, wasn't he? And uh, hence why he didn't want to <laughs> hug any of the Newcastle United fans despite his best efforts. Oh, true, 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 true. And he waited until the end of the game to take his shirt off as well, which is good. But it'll be an absolute miracle if he manages to see himself through to the end of the season without picking up a yellow card. We should put some money on it, actually. It'd be a decent bet. Yeah. I thought, really frustrating result, but thankfully, as I say, we, we take the points away and it's a bit of justice served for them absolutely mauling us at St. James's Park. We've gone from being a team that's almost guaranteed one or three points on a home game and picking up Nout on the road to completely flipping that and reversing that, uh, which I didn't think we'd see, but, but there we go. More positives, obviously... Wilson being back and starting, thought he made a nuisance of himself. 
Harvey Barnes obviously made another important appearance. Gordon, who we all thought was going to be fucked and injured, actually started the game. So more smirk and mirrors from from King Eddie. But uh, I was quite disappointed with Miggy Almiron's performance as well. I thought he was just a missing man on the night. I also saw his stats after the game and he might as well have been a missing man. Just obviously didn't have the mojo against Forrest, which was a bit of a shame. Hopefully he can redeem himself in the next game. Right, so we'll go to a quick break now and we will see you in a second. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, we're back. Back to talk about football. Before we do so, we should probably do the social plugs so you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, Acast, you name it, you can find us. We'd really appreciate it if you could give us a follow and if you're feeling super generous, a five-star rating or review. You can find our podcast on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, and on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast and breathe. Right, I thought we'd end the podcast talking about some transfer speculation, given that it's the 12th of February, and it seems to be the most kind of transfer news and speculation that we've had this year, despite it having just been the January transfer window. But it seems a lot of noise around Lloyd Kelly and Philip Billing of Bournemouth, so another Bournemouth reunion potentially on the cards for Eddie Howe. He must have brought both players into Bournemouth, but someone correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like Lloyd Kelly, who plays at centre-half but also can play left-back, he's 25 or 26 years old, is available on a free transfer in summer. And it sounds like Philip Billing might be available for about 15 to 20 million, which to me sounds like it could be quite smart business. Ali, what do you reckon? It could be a shrewd piece of business. I think with the price tags that are being talked for, the lack of for Lloyd Kelly is actually quite good. But I think the argument here is, are these the type of players that we think will take us to the next level? No, these aren't the marquee signings that people will be expecting us to make to make us go to the next stage. I think these will be the type of players to replace your Hendrick, your Frasers and so forth. And I think that would certainly improve the depth of the squad, but certainly wouldn't be the first team starters week in and week out for the next season. I think those are still being tinkered with in the background by the recruitment staff. But um, I I think these could be uh, some shrewd signings to add at the start of the summer transfer window, but hopefully that doesn't set the tone for the summer budget. Yeah, great. Any thoughts on on the two names being bandied around? Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about them, but like Ali says, are they the types of signings who are going to take us to that next level or are they more 
for squad depth. And I mean, I was looking at Lloyd Kelly there and he's obviously a left-sided centre-half, could play a left-back. We've got Botman, we've got Byrne, got Dummett. Do we need another one? He's a leader, apparently, in that Bournemouth squad. I think he was made captain very young in his career. I don't know if he's still captain, but obviously that kind of English, young, leadership-type character that Eddie Howe quite likes. Yeah, I mean, we've already got that leadership group, haven't we? Dan Byrne, Callum Wilson, Trippier, Lascelles, and a few others, Matt Ritchie as well. So, I mean... I don't think we're short of leaders in the club, but yeah, bringing in a young English defender, I mean, obviously helps for all the various rules we need to follow. And could it be cost effective? Could it be some of the FFP playing on our minds as well, saying that we're actually going to have to lower the calibre or almost shift to that Brighton model of, okay, which players can we bring in and probably make a quick 10, 15 or 80 million if we sell them to Chelsea type players? But yeah, maybe there's some of that thinking. Brighton is just a real-world football manager. I swear that their whole recruitment is just based on finding wonder kids. But there's a lot to be respected about Brighton. They recognise themselves as a stepping stone, don't they? Um, And really focus on developing these younger players. So a lot to be admired. But yeah, I mean, Lloyd Kelly, I think I'm a a little more keen on than Philip Billing. Philip Billing's not a bad player. Obviously a huge presence. He can burst into that box. He's box to box, so he's definitely a step down, but potential replacement for Joe Linton. See what happens with him. But, you know, I wouldn't turn my nose up at any reinforcement at this point, but we have to keep remembering is Sandro will be back. He's not the same type of player as like a Billing. Billing's more of a six, but we do have some cover coming back in the form of Tanali and Willock sooner, hopefully. Give us a bit more creative output going forward, but... Yeah, all quiet. I'm sure the club will absolutely gazump us and surprise us and keep us thoroughly entertained in the summer. Well, we hope so, given that they've been so shrewd in January. But I was just going to say, how long have the owners now been here for? Because I wonder how they're kind of going to view it. Because if this is year two, year three, uh, you know, what is this going to be another transition period? Or do they think, okay, next year we are going to set our sights on a cup? and a top four finish because I suspect this year they were like we'll just see how the outcome of being in Champions League goes and deal with the fallout but I suspect in summer this time they'll be they'll be ready to splash a bit more cash hopefully mm. um, well, I guess I guess still a both on the cards right we're still in the FA Cup we're, we're seventh position yeah I mean I, I think the Cup's probably more realistic than a top four fucking finish this year but you know got lots of big names coming back hopefully three games unbeaten in the league now hopefully we can continue that form and pick up some results but yeah I, I get your point Ali like it was definitely a test and a scratch and sniff see what happens this year with the addition of Champions League yeah obviously didn't bode very well for us at all and that's probably a learning going into summer depending on if we secure some uh, European football somewhere but yeah an interesting one one to watch I'd say finally just wanted to touch on uh, poor old Jeff Hendrick I saw Jeff Hendrick on social playing Stormzy paddle. Yeah. Yeah. With, that was it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Somehow he seems to be paddle friends with Stormzy, which is the, the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I thought it was photoshopped initially, but on the not so good side of things, he's probably got a lot of time to play paddle at the minute because he's not been named in Sheffield Wednesday's 25 man squad for the rest of the season. I think they're in a, a lot of trouble at the minute, Sheffield Wednesday, but 
seems like he's still going to remain on loan at Chef Wednesday because they refuse to. Someone refused to cancel his loan, which doesn't seem to make much yeah, sense. Yeah, Newcastle did. Didn't we they? refused to cancel. Yeah, it. we refused to have him back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we want dead wood or driftwood drifting about, do we? And if they can pay his wages, then so be it. I imagine they're only playing a portion, but but there you go. But he'll be free to go this summer, won't he? Um, and I think that'll be a real big thing for us this summer. It's clearing the decks and clearing some of the the dead wood. Some have been excellent servants, as we say, but. Some like your Ryan Frazes and your Jeff Hendricks can get gone and clear up some of that wage budget, I'd say. I think that probably rounds us up for this week. Right, I think all that leaves us to do is to do our predictions for, as Ali called it, our potential new feeder club, Bournemouth, this weekend. So Saturday, the 17th of February at three o'clock at St. James's Park, we play Bournemouth. Very simply and very quickly. Ali, your score predictions for Bournemouth at home? I think we'll win 2 0. 2 0. Thank you very much, mate. Gray, go on. Going to go for 3 1. Lovely. 3 1. Win. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> silly silly me to assume. <laughs> I'm going to round it off with a 3 0 victory to Eddie Howe's mags. So, Both keeping a clean sheet, eh? Well, it's it's about due, isn't it? We're, we're due a fucking clean sheet. Sorry, clean sheet? We're due a clean sheet. We've shipped fucking <laughs> six goals in the last two games. It's ridiculous. Sound like some horrible STI. Oh, clean sheet. <laughs> oh, you, you want some cream for that clean sheet? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, okay, it's fully descended into madness now. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. Bye-bye. It's It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.